Blog Talk Radio. Wealthy Sisters is on the air. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure-earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as entrepreneur, author, speaker Deborah Hartnett showcases the triumphant journey of these powerful sisters. You'll be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278 or listen live 24 hours a day at www.wealthysisters.com. Now, our host, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night. Wherever and whatever time of day you're calling in from or actually downloading the show, we want to welcome to Wealthy Sisters. And you can always visit us at www.wealthysisters.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six and seven figure earning women. And our purpose is twofold. First, we love to inspire and encourage you, the awesome listener. And second, you know, we must provide edification, promote, and acknowledge and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network, and today is another awesome Monday. That's right, Monday, August the 20th, 2012, and I know you are thrilled about your day, about your future, because the present is right on time. Trust me, no matter what it looks like, no matter what your past was, know this, that your future starting with the present, is extremely bright. You know, we are here every time, uh, here every week, that is, at the same time, Mondays at 12 noon Eastern. So we thank you in advance again for spreading the good news about Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. You know, today we are going on an awesome journey. We're combining two of my most favorite things, that's right, food. Okay, I will admit it. Yes, I am a foodie. I love, 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 love food, especially good food. And I am fascinated by different cultures and those foundations that make them what they are today. And our guest, she truly has a passion for both, and she's turned her passion for the cultures, different cultures, and passion for food and great cuisine into a brilliant, brilliant network. Also, she has that awesome background in entertainment. So when you combine those three, Miss Crystal Johnson has merged all three of them to the Multicultural Cooking Network. Over 15 years of experience she has in serving in the entertainment area. So she began her professional career. Um, she was recruited to work for the video production department by the Baltimore Orioles. She is a native New York, and she says she remains a Yankee fan, all you Yankees out there. And for several years, she worked in news for both Fox and CBS affiliates in Baltimore. She later moved to Los Angeles and earned several credits working for the casting departments from Extreme Makeover to Home Edition to America's Top Model, Model, uh, VH1, NBC, Three Wishes, just to name a few. And she is our guest today. She's going to be talking about her awesome network. That's right, the Multicultural Network. You can visit it at www.multiculturalnetwork.com. And I tell you, excuse me, Multicultural Cooking Network, Multicultural Cooking Network.com. 
and you can see all the great expertise there and all the great articles, and we're going to be talking about that today on our show. So we're not going to hold you longer from our special guest, Ms. Crystal Johnson. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back and bring her on. You are tuned in to Wealthy Sisters. Thank you for tuning in, and we're happy to have you. Do you find yourself overwhelmed in paperwork? Are you struggling with administrative tasks preventing you from doing what you really love? Then consider hiring a virtual assistant. Call M. Alexander and Associates Incorporated toll-free at 1-877-894-0564 or join them on the web at www.iwillassistyou.net. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com. Or call the Beatty Group at 877-264-7699. We are live here on Wealthy Welcome all of you all in the chat room and the lines are packed out. Today is going to be an awesome show. Our very special guest is none other than Crystal Johnson. She is the founder of the Multicultural Cooking Network. So excited to have her. She's celebrating her third year this year, coming up next month in September. Uh, Thrilled to have her. She's in L.A. and uh, we know that uh, she has great information for us today. But before we get to that... We want to uh, go to our special health segment that we've been doing on a quarterly basis featuring none other than Dr. Julissa Hernandez. Yes, as heard on the Michael Baysner Show. So we're going to bring her on here Hello, briefly. Hello, Dr. Julissa here. Um, and uh, we're discussing natural health matters. And today's topic is going to be uterine fibroids. Now, uterine fibroids are uh, non-cancerous uh, benign tumors that develop in the womb of the female reproductive system. And these abnormal cells are normally caused by estrogen dominance and overloaded and uh, toxic liver, for example. So please know that as far as hysterectomies go, two-thirds of hysterectomies that are performed nowadays are actually not necessary. And there are ways, natural therapies, uh, that help to shrink uterine fibroid presence. Now, it's something that many women can't conceive. A lot of uh, women say to themselves, well, it's, you know, something genetic. Uh, My family members all had uterine fibroids. My aunt, sister, my own mother had them. And, you know, I was uh, already bound to develop them as well. But we also have to understand that there's ways to prevent and to help the body heal itself and you're never doomed to suffer the diseases, ailments, and uh, health problems that your family suffers. If you give the body exactly what it's missing, it's going to be able to heal itself. So let's talk about what exactly is needed to help uh, shrink fibroid presence. If we're going to shrink fibroid presence, we're going to want to decrease estrogen dominance within the body, abnormal uh, hormonal imbalances actually are the cause of this issue that so many women are suffering from. And uh, first thing is you'll have to eliminate certain foods from the diet that I call, quote, unquote, 
feed uh, the fibroids. So you'll want to eliminate meats that are not organic, that are just pumped up with extreme levels of hormones. You'll want to eliminate chicken, uh, beef. You'll want to eliminate uh, pork as well and turkey, those types of meats that are very inundated with high hormone levels. You'll want to incorporate definitely a lot of vegetables. It's uh, so true to the point that when women uh, or anyone uh, uh, incorporates a lot of plenty of uh, vegetables in the diet, an Italian scientist, for example, showed in studies that women who eat plenty of vegetables cut their fibroid risk in half. So uh, while women who definitely eat red meat are doubling their risk. So I love to state the fact that there are ways that women are actually feeding their fibroids instead of helping their body to shrink them and uh, help their body heal itself. You'll want to also eliminate uh, dairy and uh, milk products that are very high in estrogen as well. And uh, eating from plastics and styrofoams that are uh, containing xenoestrogens that also tend to feed abnormal cell presence. To help shrink these abnormal cells uh, with patients and clients, I always incorporate a combination of herbal therapies that help to reduce estrogen levels within the body that are going to increase natural progesterone levels that the body needs to start producing on its own. And for that, I love to incorporate uh, Chinese herbal, traditional Chinese medicine. I love to incorporate uh, a supplement called Indole 3 Carbonol, which is made from cruciferous vegetables, uh, such as broccoli and others, that help to reduce excess estrogen levels. And uh, cleansing is very, very important to help reduce abnormal cell presence. High Go is also a supplement that I love to incorporate, which is a liquid supplement that is a uh, wonderful nutrient for the cardiovascular system, but most importantly, it's an antioxidant, and all uh, certain antioxidants help to shrink abnormal cell presence. So you want to incorporate a combination of herbs that way and use that for a minimum six to eight weeks to help the body start shrinking and eliminating this abnormal cell presence to help promote hormonal imbalance, reduce heavy uterine bleeding. Uh, many times women are experiencing a lot of inflammation and pain as well. And with these hormonal imbalances, even their mood is off and they're having slight mood swings, uh, melancholy, depression. So you want to uh, balance the body as a whole and help the body heal itself and start shrinking those abnormal cell presences on their own. Uh, another aspect that I love to tell patients and uh, clients that they have to necessarily do is to eliminate tampon usage when you are plugging up the reproductive system every month you are also bringing uh, a higher level of toxic blood back into the organs and back into uh, those abnormal cells because the body is not eliminating properly every month when you're using tampons. If you're having severe uterine bleeding, I always recommend to also switch off to uh, organic maxi pads because the chlorine and other chemicals that are laced in traditional pads will cause heavier uterine bleeding. So all of these are what you'll want to incorporate to help shrink fibroids. To get detailed information on the natural therapies I just mentioned, visit me at drjuliesablog.com. That's D R 
J-U-L-I-S-S-A blog.com. You can find the article I wrote there on uterine fibroids. Uh, are you feeding them? And you can also visit my official website at drjalisa.com. That's D-R-J-U-L-I-S-S-A dot com. Ladies, there is natural ther- uh, natural therapies that help to shrink fibroids. I've done this for over 17 years. Many women can tell you that the way to prevent surgery and all you have to do is really feed the body what it is missing so that it can help shrink those abnormal cells and to help heal itself. Again, it's Dr. Julissa, and I'll be back soon with uh, more Natural Health Matters. Good to be here with you. Take care now, and be well. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Dr. Julissa, everybody. So happy to have her here to share the information that she shares. You'll be coming on from time to time doing some segments like that for us. Yes, and I tell you again, you can go to her website, www.drjulissa.com. L-I-S-S-A dot com and join our mailing list. She has a great uh, list that she sends out just about uh, every other day on great topics, topics and things that you can do from a holistic point of view. So, now I tell you back to our show and our topic today from the founder, Miss Crystal Johnson of the Multicultural Network. We're happy to have her online. Looks like she just dropped off here. I was just about to bring her on. We're going to see if we can get her back on right quick and uh, get going here with our special guest. She is the founder of the Multicultural You have reached the voicemail box of uh, looks like maybe she, Crystal see, we Johnson. Her. We got her there. Wait a minute. We're to gonna leave a voice message, press 1 cut or that just wait for there. the count. All right. She must have lost her signal there. Let's try one more time. I tell you, technology is great. And we are used to these things like this. And what we do is keep going. We keep rolling. That's right. So we got a ringing now. All right. Hello. It's in California. All right. Hello, Crystal. Sorry about that. Looks like technical difficulties. <laughs> that is okay. That is okay. We appreciate you being up early for us there on Los Angeles time there. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters. Well, thank you so much. Uh, good morning, buenos dias, and I wish I knew another uh, language to say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's right. See, now that goes to show you don't have to speak all the different languages, but right. you know about the great cuisine, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what helps. Yes, 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 yes. Well, definitely we want to welcome you to the show and just are so excited to talk about, as I mentioned earlier, one of my favorite topics, which is food. And I know you said that is your yours uh, as well. Won't you uh, give us a little bit of background on where you grew up? We know you are New York Yankee, so tell us about your upbringing and how you actually came into the entertainment field. Okay, well, um, for me, a little bit about my background again. Yes, I am from New York, originally from Brooklyn, but grew up in uh, the Brooklyn and Queens area. And I would first start with saying the influencers, uh, as far as uh, food, have to do with my parents and my surroundings. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it's easy to think, oh, you know, New York is like a cultural epicenter, and it is. But if parents want to keep their kids in a box, they can still do it. So, yeah, right. That's right. and 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 it it allows them, um, unfortunately 
to not get a chance to taste everything that's surrounding them. But my parents were very good with embracing it, especially coming uh, from being uh, parents that are from the southern part of the United States. They mm -hmm. actually really were people who wanted to taste the, all the culture that New York had to offer. And so uh, at that time, as a young young girl, I remember eating, you know, uh, goat, you know, roti, curried goat, and mm -hmm. um, eating caviar, and so on and so on. Just the 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 the, the range of what uh, there was Sushi, to offer. Just a spectrum of things, huh? Exactly. <laughs> uh -huh. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I just really grew to, with being around so many different cultures. I just uh, early age had an appreciation for culture, and just have always loved it throughout my life, um, from food to just people in in mm -hmm. general. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm and so your your background in entertainment, how did you get started in that arena? Oh, yes. Uh, my background in entertainment, well, started with college, but I again I would say I guess I could say the predecessor to that was just having a father who came from the entertainment background as a uh jazz singer. So I was surrounded by mics and instruments and electronic mm -hmm equipment and all of those types of things. But um, I went to school at Morgan State University and got my bachelor's in communications and radio television production and then my master's in English and screenwriting there. And then after that, um, pretty much I, I got recruited at the time. It was a time when Jesse Jackson, and I'm dating myself at this point, but it was a time when uh, Jesse Jackson was doing a lot of uh, advocating for getting people of color working at the um in major league baseball in different positions. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. uh the Baltimore Orioles came over to Morgan State and did this massive uh, recruiting um where they were just looking for about two people and mm -hmm. fortunately out of all the students I was one of the students selected uh, or uh, upcoming graduates I should say who was selected to to work there. So that's how my video production career started. And from there, I just was able to start working in news, you know, one one builds on the other. And I'm not saying that the initially these were the highest paid jobs, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I started from, I went from, from sports to news and worked at Fox 45 in Baltimore and uh, WJZ, CBS, in in Baltimore, and then just decided to move to to Los Angeles after that. I mean, it, it's a choice uh, for me. I saw a glass ceiling of what I was going to be able to do in that particular area, and I think the other thing, <laughs> I, I moved a lot growing up, so I think what happens with that is you you start. Some people are afraid to move. And right, right, right. Uh, for me, <laughs> having uh, been used to moving from Virginia to New York and just moving around a lot, uh, I eventually just decided, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and move to Los Angeles so I can try some other things in the in, in the entertainment field, and that uh, landed me into doing uh, casting and public relations and the newspaper and and things of that sort. And I just mm -hmm. took all of those skills. Uh, that I acquired over the years, and said, you know, I can I can do this this uh, this website concept because I had entertained. I will say, when I was in college, I had entertained the idea of being in hotel and restaurant management, but mm. I took the somewhat lazy way out and said, you know, I just can't see myself being a restaurant manager. So 
But mm-hmm. as I was seeing the evolving technologies over the years, I thought to myself, you know, I think there's a way for me to reconnect with my interest in food and I can culminate all of the, the skills that I have to to put together this website. And so there we have it. Wow. <laughs> now tell us, journey, tell us. The journey to Multicultural Cooking Network. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, I loved what you said, you know, in the beginning you talked about your jobs, and, and even though you said they weren't necessarily high-paying jobs, that is okay, and that's important to point out that that's how we all start, and it's nothing wrong with that. Um, we, we mention a lot on our show today that you have to be able to get in and learn and seize those opportunities to get as much information as you can because each thing we're doing is building upon our next level, whatever well, you're exactly level right. might be. You know? And so I think today the challenge, of course, the double-edged sword with technology and with the way we can have things so fast and right at our fingertips, we uh, often, as we've mentioned every week on our show, want to cheat the process of the learning and the curve and the actual growing and the pain and all of that that goes through um, to, in building something. So that's a part of it, and we, we have to make sure that uh, we bring that point out because when people see you today and they see the result of the years of labor, they don't see all of that time that went in there. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, one, and one of the things you're, you're saying is, you know, I, I can see, see a series of, of things that happened over over time. Um, mm-hmm. I remember even with coming to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was working at Union Station. At, at that point, I was, wor- you know, was doing well financially, went working um, for one of the Union news stations in, mm-hmm. in Baltimore. And uh, so when I made the decision, it was a big decision to walk away. And people thought, you are crazy. You crazy, girl. <laughs> you're you're crazy. crazy. You're everlasting mind, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, to, to walk away from that. and mm-hmm. But, you know, I said, you know, I know I'm going to start at ground zero. I mm-hmm. went to New York, and, uh, and and one of the jobs that I, that I picked up in New York was a one-week job as a PA, not making any money. Mm-hmm. But it, it resulted in um, me working for um, a company in which, I made a tremendous. I'll just say I made a, a tremendous amount of money, and it's because I made connections. Uh, right. Doing this job for one week out of my life, which wow. you know, you know that type of it thing. And when I moved much. to Los, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when I moved, you to, have been pay, making a good salary, a, a great salary at your other job. You're saying so. Right. This is this is like a as people would say, you gonna step back. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The same thing happened. The same thing happened with um, coming to LA. I mm-hmm. took an internship with what would be known it was a pilot for Extreme Makeover Home Edition, and I would said, okay, and you know, because of course when you do a pilot, you don't know where it's going to go. A lot of times, it's never going anywhere for a television right. show. And if you don't know what a pilot, I know that you probably know what a pilot is, but right, a lot of other people they may not know a pilot is kind of like your testing um, your test show to try mm-hmm. and sell to, the, sell to the media. And so I was working on that, and the first day I was an intern, the second day I was PA, and then the third day I was the casting coordinator for the show. So what happened was just the all the experience that I had didn't fail me because they recognized it immediately, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it allowed me to go from being an intern the first day to hiring 
the rest of the casting department by the third day. So. <laughs> now, that's a great story, and that's a reality <laughs> of what can happen when you open yourself up. You right. just have to be open. And, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, and, you know, even it's even scripturally based, you know, that your gift will make room for you, that you don't have to. And, I mean, it, there's a balance there that you do need to be um, assertive and you need to yeah. have um, the knowledge that you need to have and not be timid. But there's a balance where you don't need to be overbearing, I guess. And so you were able to do that, you know, by going in there. and Humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, him, humility. humility, yes. Yeah, humility. Yes. And I think that's like what you were touching upon oh, yes. earlier. Is you yes. just have to be humble, and if you can't um, consume the humble pie, sometimes yes. it takes a, takes you um, takes you down a, a step or two. I mean, I remember people saying, "Oh, why are you advancing uh, a lot more quickly? I've been here in LA for two years." But I, I thought to myself, I was like, "Well, have you ever decided you were going to start down here?" <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was just having that conversation. You know, it is it is a challenge, though. You know, the older we get, the more experience that we have. Um, but if we are making a shift and we are forced to reinvent ourselves, right. that is a principle that we have to learn, exactly. that humility. Yeah, that's something we should never give up. Never right. give up. So that perfect, perfect word choice. So tell us, what is the multicultural network? What is it? What is it all about? <laughs> yeah, the, the multicultural cooking network is uh, quite a few things, and I think the 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 best to sum it up. It, it is a a lifestyle magazine mm-hmm. or blog, in which it pretty much captures the world of food, and culture. And I think mm-hmm. culture actually allows us to have the the most broad base of being able to go into so many areas as well as food is like the appetizer. <laughs> it's like the appetizer which allows us to go into different areas uh, when you can talk about different cultures and you can talk mm-hmm. about um, just pupusas, uh, which is, uh, you know, Salvadorian food and, and certain things and just understanding uh, comfort foods that different people have and different cultures have. And Nelson Mandela enjoys, well, tripe. And the tripe is very popular in South Africa. It's popular called tripas in, in Spanish, um, very popular in a lot of Latin cultures. So it, it creates a dialogue. And so you're saying, oh, well, what, what is what is tripe? And in some cases, are we talking about cow intestines? Are we talking about chitlins? Are we talking about pig intestines? And then you start seeing the similarity of cultures and how they start to veer. And and then when you're in your own world and you say oxtails, and you say, well, you think, oh, that's just a Caribbean dish, but then oxtail is served in so many countries in the world, in Russia and in, in various Asian countries and so on and so on. So it, it creates a, a, a dialogue. And what we what we do with that is just saying, well, how can we... Um, make children comfortable at an early age in life because, of course, we know understanding of culture and appreciation of culture can break down a lot of um, barriers um, Mm. instead of having a a mind that is so conservative and and just about um, one one thing. I mean, I remember speaking to one person one time and she was saying, 
listen to her in her 30s, uh, she'll remain nameless, but she, she was like saying, well, you know, I just think if you're, you know, if you're not black, you're white. And I was like, okay, so you're telling me that Asian, Asian people are white? I know, and right. Like, <laughs> she goes, yes. I said, okay, all right. <laughs> but so I think we, you know, we really have to understand uh, cultures. And then I think the other side right. of it is, uh, we deal with a lot of intra-racism, not just, mm-hmm. you know, they're so easy for us for us to think, oh, you know, it's about other people hating other other cultures, and mm-hmm. sometimes people hate themselves, or they don't appreciate, they don't appreciate themselves, they don't recognize mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. beauty of their own culture, and mm-hmm. or they're so busy trying to assimilate mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's lost as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, people, I, what I've found, Crystal, in all of my travelings uh, around the world, and I've been very fortunate to visit uh, multiple uh, amount of countries, and even just here in the United States. I mean, um, I've been to all the states except four uh, in, in the United States, and just there, and, and hey, locally, if you travel from one part of the town to the next, you know, you can always appreciate and see that some differences there. But oh, yeah. mm-hmm. at the same time, what I have found, everybody is the same. Everyone wants the same. That's just they're, they're, everybody wants to be appreciated, valued, and loved. They want the best for their family no matter what. And you can you can right. identify the same person whether you're in Mexico, the same person whether you're in Spain or China. Everybody <laughs> you know, is truly the same. Is is that what you, um, in addition to what you mentioned earlier, want to accomplish with your website? Sure, yes. I mean, um, one of the things you said about, you know, being the same, uh, in many cases, a smile is the same in so, much, mm-hmm. in so many parts of the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've been mm-hmm. in other parts of the world and even doing, you know, missions work and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just being able to to smile at mm-hmm. at someone and the the touches, the way that you interact with them, um, mm-hmm. it just translates, and they can they can see that essence of a, of a kind person, and mm-hmm. and it, you know, it's interesting to, too about uh, the opportunity to travel and what you're trying to accomplish because that's something that we really advocate. We don't just advocate it just from a leisure act aspect, but we advocate travel. You know, like I said, for uh, for uh, understanding, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things that that's happened for me as an African American woman is finding out about how a lot of cultures in in my missionary travels, how mm-hmm. a lot of cultures say, well, why is there a lack of of African Americans coming to these countries? Mm-hmm. And it's not that there's there aren't any, of course, but mm-hmm. just by comparison, they're like, well, don't they care about us? Because mm-hmm. the representation of Americans, even when I went to Nicaragua last year, actually, um, they were so surprised and stunned uh, to see a team, because I went with a team of uh, doctors and nurses that, that were um, black and Latino. Mm-hmm. And they were just so stunned to see, well, you know, the, the first thing they thought was that the uh, doctors would all be white. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so it was very hard until we actually got there to really wrap their brain around the fact that 
we were people of color, and oh, if, you're, if they're if they're black, then they must be African specifically. Right, right. <laughs> What's an African American? Because we don't see a lot of them on you right, know. On, right, exactly, but, right. So. So, um, you know, that's one of the things, is just trying to encourage people to travel, encourage people to taste taste the world. You know, we say that's our, our kind of our, our line is giving you a taste of the world. We know right. that not everyone has maybe the capability or the means, but there's such an extraordinary uh, opportunity to get conversations started with other people just based on the fact that you have tasted their their food. And I think also... One of the things that, that, that helps, too, is parents a lot of times get stuck when it comes to their children and fruits and vegetables. But I think that that's because a lot of parents stay in a comfort zone of mm-hmm. what they like. And I mm-hmm. think that if they explored more foods of the world, they might actually stumble on a couple of foods that their children like. So. Right. I think it's, you know, I didn't grow up, personally, I didn't grow up eating mangoes. <laughs> so, um, you know, living in California, I'm surrounded by mangoes. But uh, it's one of those those things. And then we could say a, a Chinese pear. Uh, I didn't have a Chinese pear when I was growing up. But mm-hmm. I didn't even like the, the standard uh, pear that we see in the supermarket. I never was a fan of it. But when I once I tried a Chinese pear, I was like, wow. <laughs> I like the you know the sharp bitterness of of this. And so I, I just think that there is an opportunity to to explore other foods because a lot of parents get stuck with oh they don't like their broccoli and they don't like right. their squash and and it's it's one of those things in which well maybe you need to try the bite away <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, you're right. Well, because you know, um, is is a couple of things you mentioned uh, that that made me think of, uh, and it, it just left me, but it'll come back to me. But mm-hmm. yes, um, you know, it's it's important when you are looking at exploring food and and uh, changing the mindset. I know that was one of the things I was right. going to mention as well about mm-hmm. um, when you said a lot of times the parents we set what our children eat, and if particularly if it's the mother that's doing the shopping, primarily cooking, or if it's the father, you know, we tend to cook what we grew up or what we like. Right. And so you hear people often to say, well, I don't like, I don't like, um, you know, this particular dish, or I don't like, and you ask, I remember one time, um, it was a colleague of mine, and they had never really eaten Mexican food, so I was, I was like, well, let's go eat some Mexican for, for lunch, and I don't right. like Mexican food. Well, have you ever had? I, I was serious. Have you ever had? No. Well, how do you know you don't like it? Right. You know? So, so exactly. yeah, it's it's um, stepping out of that comfort zone, and you'll be uh, surprised, uh, truly, of uh, what what you what you really like there. So, food seems to me, um, and I'm wondering, want to get your thought on it. And you kind of alluded to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Seems to be an ultimate connector or educator for cultures. What What's your thoughts on that? Um, I think that um, it begins with the, the, the perspective of open-mindedness. Mm-hmm. It's like the example that you just used of saying, I don't like Mexicans. Mm-hmm, if you take mm-hmm. that and you examine that, examine that statement, <laughs> you mm-hmm. could go deeper and say, I don't like Mexican. Now are we going beyond the food? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't, you're in that frame of I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. Mm-hmm, and if it isn't mm-hmm. what you know or who you know, 
mm-hmm. translation, you know, food or uh, to to people in that connection. And and it might sound really abstract to to make that connection, but it really is not far fetched because people start exercising their mind in the I don't like thing becomes mm-hmm. a muscle of I don't like I don't like mm-hmm. you I don't mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so I think anything um, that's different, people don't, right. don't want to embrace it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, different from what they think is <laughs> right. like them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, so they become mm-hmm. very closed. You know, they can become very closed-minded. I find that when children, younger children, have an appreciation earlier for different foods, it seems to correlate with having more of a fascination with knowing about other cultures because mm-hmm. they, you know, grew up having sushi or they grew up having uh, patai or they grew up having <laughs> all of these, these different things uh, mm-hmm. that may not be from their culture. Now they mm-hmm. have an interest that goes beyond, well, the food tastes good. I wonder, I'd like to try more of the food. Maybe, it, And then you start getting deeper and you're saying, I'd like to try authentic because sometimes when you're in your own uh, right. <laughs> yeah, your own neighborhood, country, you're not getting exactly what no. <laughs> what the real deal in in another country. So, mm-hmm. and in your mind starts what starts wondering. I wonder what, and especially when you start having those conversations with other other people of those cultures, and they're like, "Oh, that's not Chinese food." <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's been seasoned to taste for right. the neighborhood. <laughs> it, exactly. And there was a movie years ago called I think it was called Big Night, and they were talking about well, these Americans they just want this this spaghetti, uh, and and that's it. You know, these big bowls. They're like, this, this is not how we do a meatball. Uh, <laughs> Italian meatball is usually something quite large, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to all these little miniature, um, you know, meatballs. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's just one of those things as far as uh, being a connector. Recently, actually, on our Facebook page, our Multicultural Cooking Network on Facebook, uh, someone said to me, oh, why is it that you're doing a piece on uh, Lolo Jones and, and the other... Um, the other, the other two, Kelly Harper, I think it is, or, or, or Wells, and 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 they were saying, yeah, I just food. That's just that food makes me happy. The politics don't make me happy, but okay. I'm sorry. Um, I I understand that. I, I really do have an appreciation for that. But I think going into the perspective of creating the Multicultural Cooking Network, I knew that again we are one half food <laughs> and mm-hmm. one half culture. It they're not it's not about just the culture of food. It is about mm-hmm. fully independent, uh independently culture and food. That's actually part of the reason why we have the two C's going in two different two different directions in our logo. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Good. Good. That explains that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the, the the divider for, for, for those issues and and so, you know, I, I think the what, when you asked about what do I hope to accomplish with Multicultural Cooking Network, an opportunity to give people a, a voice. I think you have Ebony Magazine, you have Latina Magazine, you have uh, all these different magazines that represent different cultures. But a lot of times at the root of it, people just want it to be in vogue and they want it to be in all these different mainstream magazines and just see themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think what Multicultural Cooking Network does is say, you know, we don't have to be 
simply in because nothing wrong with any of those those magazines that you know they're wonderful vehicles ebony and latina and all of that but i think you know again a lot of them were birthed out of the fact that they didn't see enough of themselves in in the other magazines and right. i think with multicultural cooking networks everybody's there and we try to celebrate different uh, different cultures and it's a place where you can be like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to see uh, Japanese people. I'm going to see, you know, Filipino people. I'm going to see uh, Guatemalan people. I'm going to see Haitian people. I'm going to see me, and I'm going to see other people. And we're all here, and there's not that right. place of, of bias. Bias there. So let me ask you, we're here looking at the lovely site, and we mm-hmm. see we can go, like I said, today we're on a journey to Africa. We see the Asian, Australia. You have even have a Caribbean, a European, Middle Eastern, North America, Pacific Islands, and South America tabs here. So if I were a person and I wanted to maybe cook a, a, a special dinner tonight from, let's say, the Caribbean, would I be able to go to the site? to the Multicultural Cooking Network and find recipes, or would I be able to link up with other people that can give me suggestions? How would that work for me? Um, You would be able to find recipes. And what we're doing more and more, I think when I first started the the business, and I think this is important for entrepreneurs, is that, you know, you try and and do it all. And Mm -hmm. we want it to just be uh, an authentic voice where we could produce most of, of the material. But as you started to follow trends of other websites and that are successful, such as IMDB and 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 other sites, and you just started really seeing this formula that everybody's reposting other <laughs> you know other material, you know, you're say, well, maybe that's what I need to do a little bit of. So I would say, yeah, we're trying. I, I realize that sometimes the best way to get the voice of the people is to find all these other bloggers out there that are doing spectacular things and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and repost some of theirs. Now some of it is our some of these are our own creations. We have people of different cultures on, on our staff and talents mm-hmm. that are, are on our staff because we do cooking shows and we do things of that sort too. We produce uh, original shows. But the 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 thing that we do is yes you can find your, your uh Aki and saltfish. You can find your Jamaican beef patties. Uh, you uh-huh. you can find uh, a number of um, Caribbean dishes. Uh, wow! And um, in that particular section, so you'll you'll, and I you'll see it. I see it here. Yeah, you you even have here like blogs. I mean, if you want on uh, how to make a roux from France and <laughs> right. the etiquette of dining out in Japan. I mean, this is such a great resource for for even for people who are traveling in business or on business. Yeah. Internationally, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. We have a couple of etiquette, you know, etiquette, you know, international um, dining and etiquette uh, customs. How do you do chopsticks? How do you use them? I mean, I knew how to do use chopsticks since I was I was five. Um, right. But of course, there are plenty of adults that that never they just use the you know they ate whatever uh, food with a with a fork, and that's right. common for a lot of people. But I think one of the beauties of the internet is that there's so much privacy on some level or another. We always talk about, oh, there's no privacy, but there is a certain level of privacy in which people who just didn't have the opportunities to be exposed or connect to particular things can get questions. The the Internet can be your mentor. It can be your teacher. Um, mm-hmm. 
and you can ask those questions and get answers. And so I think you know that that gives people opportunity. And another another thing is just that there are people that their families do try and restrict them from other cultures. And I think the internet has presented an opportunity where they've had curiosity building inside of them, and they mm-hmm. can go on, they can go in the privacy of their of the internet world and, and find out. About. Right, right. Well, there's some countries we know that have still have some blocks on. Uh, what is it? Is it is it North Korea or one of them? They they do mm-hmm. control, um, and I think some Middle Eastern I'd heard, but that control what is released on the internet as well because of uh, because of that. I mean, if you get right. that exposure like that, we have right. seen what that technology we've been able to do in the past. Sure. Few years just with the different revolutions that have taken um, place here in the world, including here in the U.S. with the right. Occupy Wall Street <laughs> revolution. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So if 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 you had um, someone in an audience that was a traveler, do you do you uh, work hand in hand with travel writers, or uh, if they were interested in submitting articles for your site? How, are you, you oh, know, sure. looking um, for people? What would yeah, they we, need to do? We're always looking for people who to be contributors, and they can mm-hmm. uh, email us at multiculturalcookingnet at gmail. Uh, that's our, our general email in which people can um, inquire, they can just send us articles, they can send us recipes, um, mm-hmm. things of that sort. And to answer your question about how, how, what do we do to uh, provide answers, a lot of times, you know, most of our questions, we have a very incredibly active uh, Facebook page. And so what happens there is we have a lot of people who ask us questions right there on, on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, actually more than anything, a lot of people are asking us questions. Okay, well, uh, well how do you freeze? I mean, for like one of our more popular articles recently has been the uh, freezing of herbs. Um, okay. Just, yeah. So, well, you know, just putting, you know, putting your your rosemary and you know, in olive oil and putting it in, in an ice tray, in an ice tray, and put it in the freezer, and so it has all the freshness. Um, that when you pop one of those cubes out, you can just pop it into your dish, and it's better than having dried herbs. So, you know, people have been asking us about the process. How do you, you know, how do you do that, and so on and so on. Yeah. So a lot of times people. Yeah, because a lot of times people just see a picture and they don't they don't read the article, and so you're like, okay, the article's there, but <laughs> but I'll just I'll just give you the I'll just give you the answer. So um, yeah, we we try and work with um, different people, and we've been fortunate to have people who are in New York, who are in Maryland, who are in different parts of the country, who who contribute in, in Chicago uh, recently, who are in different yeah. parts of the country, and we just love having those. Uh, I see it. I see it here, and and so if they went to Facebook, they can go to your page, the Multicultural Cooking Network. They can just put that in the search because I see it here. All these lovely pictures here. You've got uh, some Caribbean dishes. I see a whole pig's head here. Now that's interesting. Yeah, yeah that one got a whole lot of attention. <laughs> and and now uh, the one that you're using here for the cover photo. These people are dining in the water, literally in the water yeah. here. What what's the story of that photo, and where is that? Do you know? Yeah, that one's in uh, Bora Bora, actually. Bora Bora. Uh, Bora Bora, French uh, Polynesian Island. Yes, yes. 
so uh, yeah, I think that that's a just a, you know that's an escape. That 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 if if nothing inspires you to travel, it's that. Yes. <laughs> Eating yes. and seeing people with clear blue, you know, you know, yes. being fresh and clear blue, blue waters around this time of year. Uh, yes. Yeah, that that's yes. uh, definitely. But I did, uh, you know, I did want to touch back upon. We do have uh, original shows. I mean, we do have uh, people of, of different cultures who are who are doing uh, shows. And and what you said about the the Hollywood connection is that mm-hmm. I was able to use my connections in in Los Angeles to be able to get on the red carpet. And and I think that's something that's a little different from a lot of other food websites is that we do film and foodie reviews mm-hmm. and and that we also do. Um, uh, the asking celebrities what their favorite mm-hmm. food happens mm-hmm. to be. It's mm-hmm. One of the greatest things, because I, I have worked in newspapers and had to ask some different questions, but when you ask them about food, then they start up and they just start talking about culture. Like, which, you know, it, 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 you know some, sometimes there's like an elephant in the room. I think for years, right. and this sounds terrible, but I think for years a lot of people used to look at. You know, there's just these cases. You people used to look at Tatiana Ali and be like, "Well, you know, she's black, but is she something else?" <laughs> and you and you never would ask. It's so impro- it's so usually so politically incorrect to be like, well, "What are you?" Because people right. hate that. They right. hate that question. But right. I remember interviewing her, and you know, when we asked her about her favorite food, she started talking about her East Indian heritage and her, you know, Panamanian heritage, and uh-huh. and uh, you know, Caribbean, you know, heritage, and and it all came out just right. <laughs> right. So you can learn it's different ways right. to ask. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll just say one other funny one was a model, um, a model uh, Molly. And she was on the red carpet talking to her and asked her what her favorite. And you're on the red carpet and you try and be so posh and elegant and sophisticated. And and she, uh, you know, asked her what her favorite food was. And then, oh my gosh, she broke out into this uh, southern Kentucky accent. <laughs> it just changed from being what it was. Because she just started talking about her mom's red velvet cake that her mom, you know, freeze dries and whatever. Her mom puts it, no, puts it on dry ice. And since oh, it to wow. her out in L.A., and she just broke out into, <laughs> uh, you know, this, this heavier accent. Just because that comfort, Since once we start talking about our comfort, right. then something else starts to happen, and food can, food can do that. Right, know? right, right. That's incredible. That is awesome. So, yeah, so tell us. Tell us more. Um, I know I see there as well you have some information about the uh, school lunches. It seems like you also use it to kind of promote healthy choices and selections there as well. Yes, uh, we do. Of course, um, I think a lot of adults can appreciate, but I don't know if that we necessarily implement it and take it as seriously as we should. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to retrain. It's not impossible because you know people use that as an excuse, but it's really hard to to retrain someone later in life when it comes to eating uh, poorly. Um, so it's just so so much better to just try and get them on the the right track early. Um, just finding ways to make the food exciting to the kids, uh, pureeing instead of having um, a high fructose syrup popsicle for your child with 
red, you know, red dye in it. Right. Yeah, do a puree. Easy to put frozen strawberries. Exactly. (laughs) Puree. Fresh strawberries, right. Right. Exactly. Freeze Mm -hmm. the strawberries, the mangoes, the pineapple, Mm -hmm. uh, and just do that. And it's so much health, you know, so, you know, so much health, healthier, so much easier to to go down. Um, mm-hmm. A chef also said to me, if your child has a, now they may not like the ideas of you of a of a puree, but a chef said, you know, pure, try pureeing vegetables. If your kid really doesn't like something, you can make it look like if they don't like cauliflower, make it uh, a slightly cheesy um, mm-hmm. cauliflower puree, mm-hmm. and they may embrace it and just even you can even change the color, cheat it, put a little bit of red pepper, which they wouldn't uh, necessarily like. But if you put a red uh, red pepper in purees, then it suddenly changes the color and it's not that white color. So I think play around with some things, garlic, so on and so on, and 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 those are ways to kind of get your parents kids into foods. And we recently posted a um, an article that has to do with. Um, raw and vegan options. Uh, we also have a book promoted, Raw and Vegan Options for Kids, for their mm-hmm. snacking. Mm-hmm. And also for children who are looking at becoming vegetarians, or I should say teenagers, who are considering the vegetarian lifestyle, uh, a suggested book and things of those sorts. So, Because there's a way about going about it, and sometimes when you're on that path, you go about it wrong, and you fall back into what you would do. But mm-hmm. the segment that you had that preceded uh, our conversation, you know, she was just oh, oh yeah, Dr. Julissa, yeah, yeah, you can, you, yeah, uh-huh. Dr. Fibroid. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, she was really, you know, hitting hitting it with uh, the whole aspect of you know just a sort of meat reduction. Uh, right. You know, I I still eat meat, but I I do a lot of uh, vegetarian uh, options and and uh, with kids you'd be surprised at how many kids actually like a veggie burger or black bean you know chipotle right. bla- black burger exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. get used to grilling uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, I know we just have a few minutes left in the show. Um, we've talked a little bit about some of the challenges that you face, um, and we've even had an opportunity to hear some great interviews, <laughs> some stories mm-hmm. that you had on the red carpet there. What What would you say has just been the most memorable moment for you as you celebrate, congratulations, three years? <laughs> Yeah, Wealthy Sisters is also three years old. We just hit our uh, anniversary in July, so happy belated anniversary wishes! Thank you, thank you. So we have to keep it keep in touch with each other in that way as we continue to celebrate these years here. But what will you say has just been the most memorable or exciting um, journey for you in this whole process, Crystal? Uh, the most memorable um, process, I'm just going to be very basic. I think just the the learning curve. Um, the, I thought the you were going to say eating a dish or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's good food, girl. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah, well, the, that, that byproduct, and I'll also throw any restaurants, you know, in New York and L.A. and Baltimore, contact us to come to do a review of your restaurant. Yes. Uh, but um, Sorry, and you were saying. <laughs> exactly, um, definitely have some some good food me- food memories. But I think just 
as a business, I think as a small business owner, I mm-hmm. think you have to, again, we have to talk about, you know, learning how to use your, your ups and downs and figure out what what works and doesn't work. And and I think that, you know, that's just one of those things. I think the, the learning, the learning, I think that right now we're, we're at a place where I see uh, a turn in the road, in fact, an, up, an uphill climb that, mm-hmm. um, that's good. I mean, you know, you, that's, uh, that's a good thing where people seem to be uh, chewing off. Sometimes it, it's timing. It's, it's not your time, and then it is your time. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just how, how, how life goes. And the recent numbers that have to do with the, the census and multiculturalism is incredible. They say right. that you know, 28%, there's been a 28% increase in inter, uh, inter, interracial <laughs> couples in the United States in the last 10 years. Um, right. The, and so we have this, this dynamic of, and that's, that's, that's just talking about marriage. I mean, we're not even talking about the, the, the people who are just dating each other. Right, so who are not, yeah. Right, and then the, record it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I think also something that's been happening in the advertising world is, and they've been trying to capture more of the uh, multicultural couple. Um, so, so actually, the largest multicultural grouping is uh, white men and Asian women, and okay. so you have all these these kids uh, who are growing up, and they need to see those images on television of of their family. Right, <laughs> and, and, and Tiger, what do he call it? Cobbler. Well, I guess that's yeah, right. exactly. a, a cobbler Asian. <laughs> right, right, right. A Asian. <laughs> Take the blood. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. So I think, wow. yeah, I think that there's that that's one of the things. Just kind of um, learning from other people. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to being corrected when we're on the on the website. Sometimes I put a picture up and I let the 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 fans uh, tell me what something is like I don't know what this is <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, but they, you know and just learning from people and then just even seeing my friends who are of different cultures get excited and say oh you know you really should have this food on there because mm-hmm. there's just each culture is a, a cultural group is an insider to Everyday foods that are for them every day, but mm-hmm. everybody else is clueless about. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, some foods are crossover. I mean, on average, you know, there you know about Filipino food. You, you usually know about adobo. There are signature foods that represent, but there's so many other foods that usually are quiet <laughs> and inconspicuous that. Right. You know, you don't make a big deal about because it's just your it's your cornflakes of your of your uh, of your culture. So of that culture. you know about it exactly. Well, you know about the other stuff. Well, I tell you, it has been a pleasure hosting you on our show today. Give real quick here. We have about twenty seconds left. Give everyone your website and how they can reach you and and uh, stay in touch with you guys there. Okay, well, it's multiculturalcookingnetwork.com, and you can also find us on WordPress as well. We have a presence there. And I would really say quickly that we have um, an opportunity for you to catch us on Facebook and learn more about a virtual food drive where you can help with um, homelessness and and just find different ways. But just keep in contact with us on on Facebook and check us out on the website, multiculturalcookingnetwork.com.
Awesome, Crystal. Well, congratulations to you again, girl, on an awesome idea. And uh, we just look forward to seeing so many more great things coming from you as well and the wonderful network. And we have to go on the road with you one day oh, <laughs> when you're going to one of great. those great restaurants for reviews. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. As I said earlier, girl, I am a foodie, so if you need some help with that. <laughs> exactly. Well, definitely keep in contact. <laughs> definitely. So, well, thank this you so for having me. Great. Oh, sure. Thank you for coming on and doing great. And this has been another great episode of Wealthy Sisters. As always, we promise you the best content, the richest content that you can apply to yourself right now to your business and continue to move forward on your success journey. And stay tuned. Next week we'll be back for another great show. Excited to have Kimberly Hollinsworth on. She is the founder of Even the Score. Yes. We're going to be talking about football. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. The ladies know a little bit about it. She has a great company that deals with the world of sports and entertainment. So we will be back next week. And as always, we thank everybody for tuning in, listening, and there in the chat room. And as always, we wish you and yours the best of everything great. See you next week. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters, brought to you by the professional black woman, turning your concepts into cash. Join Deborah Hardnett, our host next week, as she interviews another powerful, progressive, and positive sister, and visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. That's www.wealthysistas.com.